Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Welcome to another episode of Original Remake, and I am one half of this, uh, or one half, how do I say it? One, uh, I am one of the, <laughs> I'm one of the hosts of the show, I think. Um, not joining in today is Michael Deddenston, who was unable to make, uh, the recording due to, uh, he's being held up. He's being held up right now, and Spider-Man is on the way to save him. So, coming in in his place is, uh, Chris Brayton from the More Gooder Than Podcast. Hey, Chris. Good morning. And, uh, poor Mike, he's being, he's being held hostage. That's what it is. He is. It's he a really hostage is. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. He was, um, yeah, he was supposed to be here for the recording. And so, you know, life happens, but, but Chris, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about uh, your show and what you guys do over there? Well, uh, we're the more gooder than podcast and, uh, we're, we come out every Wednesday and we take three movies that have similar themes and we, we make them fight to the death is basically what it is. So one of the ones that we've done that people seem to really dig is, we did, it's called Space Dementia. That's actually our most popular episode. And it was three movies that take, three horror movies that take place in a spaceship. <laughs> so it was Pandorum, uh, Event Horizon and a sphere. And, uh, so that mm, was one. Okay. People really seem to dig that one. We've done things like where we take our favorite childhood movies and pit them against each other and then, uh, let you people decide who wins. So via Twitter poll, we do a Twitter poll every, every week, but, uh, you know, I do that with my co-host Corey and Donnie. Um, and, uh, we have a lot of fun. So we just, we just celebrated our anniversary. So, and we'll, yeah. You know, so, so we're one yeah, year old one year. and, uh, and we act like it. Thanks. Thank you, Peter. So yeah, yeah, it's a great show. It's very fun, just like you said. Um, I haven't heard that episode, but I do really enjoy Pandorum. Uh, I think it's underrated, but it's been a while since I've seen it. But I am a big fan of like Ben Foster and Dennis Quaid. So um, my wife loves Ben Foster. It's actually it's he's good. She loves him. He was in some kid. He was in like a Disney Channel TV show of some kind. And she just loves him so much. It's so funny. And it's, I didn't, I had never heard of the guy until I think until I saw mm. Pandorum. Like it was, and Pandorum is way underrated. It's actually, it's, actually, it's much better than people gave it credit for. Like that was the big takeaway I from agree. that episode. Yeah. So you never saw uh, Alpha Dog? Was it, wasn't that uh, also Ben Foster? I never saw Alpha Dog. No, I never, you know, now that I think about, it, I think, Three, three ten to Yuma. He was in three ten to Yuma. And he was good in that. And then he was in uh, Thirty Days of Night. He plays like their minion that comes ahead that wants raw meat. Do you remember that? Did you see that movie? Yes. Yeah, where they're in Alaska and the vampires come and right with um, uh, what's his Josh face? Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, that's right. Josh yeah. Hartnett. Uh, and you also got Danny Houston. I think is one of the vampires. I think so it's been so long since yeah. i've seen that movie it's not worth a watch it right. really isn't it's not worth it so 
And now that I think about, like, as good as Alpha Dog is, that might be an extremely sad watch because of the um, what it's actually about. Um, you got a very young Anton Yelchin who gets held hostage uh, by oh, Justin Timberlake and Amir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I do remember liking that, and that's probably the first time I've seen Ben Foster because he goes apeshit in that one, uh, as he does in most movies. Um, <laughs> but also, uh, you, you kind of mentioned childhood movies. You were recently on my show, Podstalgic, uh, and we covered Twins. Oh, man. I had a, such a good time on that one. And I, listening to it, re-listening to it, uh, I like, man, yeah, this movie's great. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Did, did your wife listen to it too? She or? did. Yeah, she loved it. And she wasn't as big a fan of the movie. Like she'd seen it before. She'd seen it a few times. She enjoyed the episode. She didn't enjoy the movie as much as I did because I think she saw it as an adult. So it's a little different. Uh, well, <laughs> so, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like uh, somebody was telling me, oh, um, you know, Junior was also good. I go, was it really? No, it doesn't you know, hold the I same. Actually, Okay, see, so it's not just me, because I watched that a lot later yeah. in my lifetime, because I was just like, Arnold pregnant? I don't know about this. And so I just, I never watched it when I was younger. No, it, I think it came out when we were in junior high, I think. You're probably right. Yeah, it, so it didn't hold the same, so a, a junior higher watching that movie, it's not Arnold. You know, like that's, that's, what is Arnold doing being pregnant? He's not, He's why isn't he killing people with his bare hands? <laughs> right, because the last thing before that was probably True Lies. Oh man, that's that's as, True Lies is as close to a perfect action movie as you can actually get. On, in my opinion, like if you want, just really even T two. Uh, yeah, because T two I put more in like the science fiction genre. It, it is an action movie, okay. but like there, I mean, T two is an incredible film, uh, absolutely. Uh, but like for pure like action comedy. It has everything in it because it's got the action, it's got the comedy, it's got, it's a romance. Uh, I especially like it is a romance between a husband and wife too. So you have that dynamic going on. It's not just a new uh, a new love; it's like reblossoming love, and it's just everybody is just completely on point in that movie. I I have a deep love for True Lies. I think it's one of the best movies. Yeah, I love it so much. I really enjoy. Um... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis too. So I, I agree with you. Oh, and she is, she's incredible in that film. Yeah. Spider-Man though. <laughs> right. Spider-Man. Uh, so inspired by the, uh, current release, the new release, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, we decided to kind of go back and we're going to pit up against Spider-Man from 2002 and the amazing Spider-Man and 2012. So the first ever Spider-Man is it first ever? I mean, no, I don't know had, if there were any uh, had some made for TV TVs. movies. Yeah, they had some made for TVs. Okay. So the very big one back in 2002, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, this one, it stars Tobey Maguire as um, Peter Parker, which, fun fact, is my namesake. Uh, my father named me after Peter Parker, uh, being a fan <laughs> of Spider-Man comic books in the 60s and 70s. Um, Willem Dafoe plays, um, Her no, not Harry, uh, Norman Osborn, yeah. uh, also the Goblin. Kirsten Dunst plays Mary Jane, James Franco as Harry, um, Osborn, who is the son to Norman. He's also, um, Peter Parker's friend and roommate. And let's throw in, uh, Rosemary Harris, right? She's your, uh, 
Aunt May, and I mean, I guess Cliff Robertson is uh, Uncle Ben. Might as well throw them in too. I used in there for such That's a short amount of time. Yeah, he really is. Uh, well, and Jonah Jameson. Uh, oh, this, this, J.K. Simmons. That's right. Him too. Yeah. Right. J.K. Simmons. First time. Uh, I think most of us have seen him. Uh, goes on to do amazing stuff, including Whiplash. So, um, in this one, it doesn't. I mean, I think this is pretty close from the source material. Uh, Peter Parker gets bit by a radioactive spider, gets powers, and becomes Spider-Man. Uh, one evening, his uh, uncle, Uncle Ben, dies, and he's pretty much the the uh, Peter is the cause of it, or he comes to find out that he's the cause of it, and then spends I don't know half the movie, maybe not quite half the movie, but he spends time trying to find the killer. Ultimately, uh, coming the uh, clashes with the Green Goblin, who is Norman Osborn and is somewhat of a mentor to him in this movie. And then we get a little love story with him and Mary Jane as well. And that's, that's pretty much it, uh, with this first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So amazing Spider-Man 2012. That, now here's the thing. The only thing that I think that this movie beats uh, the, the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is that it's directed by a man named Mark. And here it comes. Webb. <laughs> you can't, like, it's like this guy, you know Mark Webb was just there waiting his entire life to direct a Spider-Man movie. And just so he could go, I'm the Webb Slinger. Or, you know, just rolling it around. <laughs> That's what he's going to do. He's just so excited. But uh, it... Uh, this one stars Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. You don't get a, you don't, you get Gwen Stacy instead of Mary Jane, uh, with Emma Stone. You got, uh, Rise Iphens as Dr. Kurt Connors instead of the Green Goblin. You get the green, well, he's the lizard, but he's green. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep it green. Right. The green lizard. <laughs> the green lizard. Uh, Dennis Leary plays, uh, Captain Stacy. So, uh, and then you get, uh, Martin Sheen and Sally Field as Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Uh, which I love Martin Sheen so much. I'm a big, big West Wing fan. So anything yeah. with old Martin Sheen, I love it. I love old Martin Sheen. Great. But in terms of uh, a plot, you just take the plot that you just said, but then add in uh, spy spy stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you add in a weird spy subplot with, or not spy, you know what I mean, like a, like a twist and turn uh, conspiracy theory subplot <laughs> right no everything else. I, I, I watched said. them very uh i watched them both in the same day not back to back but definitely in the same day and i i was very i couldn't believe how similar they really were like almost beat by beat in some yeah. points um but uh to kind of like add i mean the joke might have passed by now, but to add to your Mark Webb, there's probably like a Mark Spider somewhere. It's like, man, I wanted that job. <laughs> I could have um, done better. I could have done much could, better. Yeah. Uh, like a, yeah. Because like, Mark Webb was an indie director too, right? Didn't he do like 500? Yeah, 500 Days, days of Summer, summer or something? And right. I was, look, I was looking up his filmography and I couldn't – there wasn't anything that was crazy. Like 500 Days of Summer obviously is the one. Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's he's done, he's done a – only living boy in New York. He did a lot of uh, he did a lot of uh, TV and music videos. Actually, he's done a ton of music videos. 
Like right, that that's that's, his, that's, that's his where a lot of thing. people get their start. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think of like Michael Gondry. You know, it's, it's just it's people like that too. So I mean, yeah, a lot of these guys get started in music videos, and I used to love music videos when I was growing up. Like pop up video, that yeah. was my jam. Mm-hmm. Like VH1 and MTV. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, gosh, he did. Uh, he's done stuff for Blues Traveler and <laughs> man, Green Day. Man, he's in a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. That's pretty good stuff, yeah. Wallflowers. <laughs> so, All yeah. over the wallflowers. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's start Let's start with the, the character of Peter Parker, because uh, they are both kind of played differently by Tobey Maguire and also Andrew Garfield. Um, in the, let's call it the original, in the first one, the 2002 version, in, in that one, he really does kind of play it like a geek. In the film, It's he is very painted as this uh dork you know he's a loser uh kids are laughing at him as he is um you know chasing after the bus almost every morning it seems like uh for a really long time and it's kind of crazy too because he does have this friendship with harry osborne who i i might have missed how long they've actually been friends but Norman comes from money. He his right. father is very powerful. It's like why is he hanging out with a loser and goes to what is seemingly just a regular like public school? Well, he gets kicked school. out of all the. He gets kicked out of everything, right? That's that's his okay. whole thing. Yeah, he gets kicked out okay. of every like private school, and so he has to just this is like his last one that he can go to. And Peter, for some reason, is just the one that Peter was nice to him. I mean, that's really what it was. Okay. Peter was nice. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I th- was this the first time? Most people saw James Franco. I think it was. It was for me, for sure. Yeah, I think it was for me, I too. Think it was, I, think so. I think, yeah. And I mean, I liked him. I thought he did a good job. So uh I've never been a huge fan. But yeah, this Tobey Maguire, this Tobey this Toby Maguire, this Spider-Man definitely, I think, matches up more with what the comics want him to be. They want him to be a geeky, a, a, a science geek. That doesn't really fit in because they want him because that's the appeal of Spider-Man for most people is that mm-hmm. he's, right. he's not cool. You know, like Bruce Wayne is super cool. You know, Wolverine is super cool. You know, like none of these guys ever get they don't get they don't have to deal with normal problems. You know, they're just the cool right. owner guy. This is a guy that that values his friendships because they're important to him, you know, and 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 he 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 doesn't his life doesn't go well for him. You know, like he could be doing all these amazing things as Spider-Man, but his actual like home life is always a wreck because he's just some nerd. So, uh, that's the biggest, that's the biggest difference I think between the two, because an amazing Spider-Man, he's more of just an outcast, which is a different way to say it. I know that that's not a, cause there's geek where he, there's the geek where he's tormented, which I think like he has bullies. And then in the Andrew Garfield one, it's just like, he's just a loner that doesn't, this can sound me. He doesn't literally like want friends. You know, he just wants to skateboard mm-hmm. wherever. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, right. I know that's a, he's, he's not as likable. Like Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, very likable guy. You know, like you want to root for him. Andrew Garfield, I didn't really want to root for him. Like he's not someone that I think people, there's some people that are rooting for him, but not like you would for Tobey Maguire, right? Would you agree? Right. Yeah, no, I do agree. Uh, and they both do, um, like photography for the school as well, but it seems 
It seems as though like the Tobey Maguire one is a little bit more, uh, it, it's kind of known and I guess, um, he's more actively taking pictures, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Garfield, it's like he's sneaking pictures and the only time anyone really asks him to take a picture is like when, uh, Flash was like picking on some other kid, oh, right. you know, he's like, get a picture of this. Freaking like, Flash Gordon, in the beginning. Right? Freaking Flash Yeah, Gordon. right. <laughs> so we got two Flashes, uh, mm-hmm. both in the same movie, but two different girls. Yeah. No, cause, you, cause yeah, cause you're getting, well, cause that's the original, you know, I mean, as you know, I mean, the original love was Gwen Stacy and that's what, it's so right. I do like actually that they do that for, that's what I think Amazing Spider-Man does right is that it, it does start with Gwen Stacy. So, which is right. where it should. I am just so, I love, I love superhero movies so much and, the Toby, the original Spider-Man needed to do an origin story like it did because it was the first real superhero movie. Like hats off to right. original Spider-Man. It started to show people that you could really do quality films as a, as a superhero uh, movie. It really, it, I mean, like all of the superhero movies now really owe a lot to that movie for sure. And then I just think where they went wrong with Amazing Spider-Man is, is like, why do you need another origin story. You just don't need it. Do like a 10 minute flashback every so like do 10 minutes total in film. No one needs to know that he get bit by a spider. Just go in. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Like everyone does. Yeah. Uh, it's, so you're thinking that um, maybe they should already start off and he's already got the powers. Just go into it. And if you need to, for some reason reference, everyone knows uncle Ben dies. Everybody knows uncle Ben dies. Everyone knows he lives with aunt May. Everyone like that's how they did it with with in uh, Civil War. It's just like this is Spider Man. That's Aunt May. You don't need to talk about Uncle Ben dying. You don't need to talk about he got bit by a spider. You don't need to do all this. Just launch into it. Everybody and their mother knows who. If I if I ask my mom who does not care about superhero movies, hey mom, how did Spider Man get his powers? Oh, he got bit by a spider, right? And his uncle died. <laughs> she would know too. I yeah, ask right. my grandma. I ask my yeah, grandma. And his uncle died. <laughs> his uncle right. dies. His uncle dies, and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. He's probably so, gonna be like, "Oh, um, his uncle was played by Martin Sheen, right? I, I love Martin Sheen." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, am, I get sick of um, origin stories for some of these incredibly popular characters. The only one that I was actually fine with in terms of orange origin stories was when they did it in Man of Steel where they showed all the Krypton stuff before Superman left. I know I'm going on Superman tangent, but he, that one needed, okay. you needed that one to set up Zod, you know, which was the important thing. You didn't need to, but right. anyway, uh, I just, I get, I get sick of origin stories. There's, they take up so much space when you could be doing something else. And not only was the amazing Spider-Man, uh, and you know, included an origin story, it almost really felt like Mark Webb kind of like rewatched the Sam Raimi version and started creating like a checklist. All right, I'm going to do that better. Right. I'm going to do that better. Right. You oh know, my gosh, because you're so right. Because what, what I do like about the Amazing Spider-Man is the relationship between Peter and Uncle Ben. You uh-huh. know, there, there, there's more of a dynamic there. Right. You get some real tension. Yes. And you, I, I feel like your heart breaks even more mm-hmm. for Peter when Uncle Ben dies because that's a you know. Very much like the first one, it's he's the the fault of everything. I feel the Amazing Spider-Man, he's the fault for everything. 
right. that happens, you know, everything bad that happens to them, um, you know, you can even put put the blame on the the death of Captain Stacy on him as well. So that's where it's kind of different. Like um, Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker, he's more of I feel I don't know. They're both kind of assholes, to be honest with you, <laughs> in both versions. <laughs> It's funny. I they are. Yeah, I, you are right about the Martin Sheen Andrew Garfield dynamic. There's some real emotions going on between those two because Martin Sheen, he's not his son. You, you know, he's but he's raised him. You know, like you really feel for Martin Sheen and his the role that he was forced into. Like he loves Peter, but Peter's not his son, and Peter knows that. You know, and so you have all, but Martin Sheen loves him like a son. It's, it's very, a very complicated relationship. And I like that. That's actually what actually the thing out of the two, the amazing Spider-Man actually has to me, the best action sequence in it. And it's the, it's through the library when they're destroying the library, oh, right. when, when Stan, and it's, <laughs> it's silent. That's actually to me, like out of them as a movie as a whole, I don't, I actually didn't enjoy the movie very much. It was weird. Uh, I didn't like the plot for it. I didn't like, I didn't like the end game for it, but that scene when they're going through, they're wrecking the school and Stanley is just sit, sitting there, not <laughs> completely oblivious. I laughed out loud because I thought it was that funny. It was hilarious. It was a great oh, yeah. scene. It was silent. But, uh, if you, you can't compare Rise Iphens to, uh, Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe chewing up that scenery in the, the way that only Willem Dafoe knows how to do, right? And, you, and you're a fan. Oh, big fan. Not as much a fan as my co-host Donnie. My co-host Donnie, when we did an episode um, for John Wick, we did the, the John Wick movie, he mentioned that he thought that Willem Dafoe was strikingly handsome. Or not strikingly handsome, uh, surprisingly handsome. And for some reason, our fans just latched onto that. And we, we got so much love about the handsomeness of the weird-looking <laughs> Willem Dafoe. Is. Right. Those cheekbones, man, I tell you. I, I don't know if they had a prosthetics to him yeah. in the, uh, the Spider-Man 2002, but his <laughs> cheekbones were like even more so, yeah. um, just kind of like protruding out of his cheeks. Yeah, I don't know. You could cut glass with his face. <laughs> <laughs> but he can, uh, shatter glass with his face. Yeah. <laughs> or a mirror, I guess. But nice. William Defoe, you know, both, both characters here, uh, do play somewhat of a mentor to Peter. And again, uh, I, I just feel like Mark Webb is like, oh, I can do it better. And so this one, um, Peter is actually the reason or the, he gives Dr. Connors, uh, you know, the, um, the formula to be able to kind of, uh, enhance himself and also regenerate that, you know, that arm that uh, he's missing. Yeah, ultimately creating the lizard, right? And in the other one, it's just his brains that attracts Norman Osborn, you know, to kind of, uh, want to take him under his wing. You know, he wants to give Peter, like, um, the, the opportunity to work for him and all that, but Peter right. wants to, you know, uh, kind of work for it for himself. So the, the relationship there is really different and, as much as I enjoy Willem Dafoe in Spider-Man, in Amazing Spider-Man, I like the relationship with him and Dr. Connors uh, because you also get that tie to kind of bring it back to what you mentioned about the father and mm -hmm. having, um, you know, that little espionage spy type thing to his dad, you know, giving them right. a little bit more of a backstory as well. 
Hmm. I see what you mean. I, I like Rise Ifans. I think he's a great actor. I, I like him in things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, I like the, because to, to me, what, what it was is that Willem Dafoe was trying to be a father, like a literal father, like, and have Peter be a certain okay. son. So, but, uh, yeah, it's so funny because Amazing Spider-Man could, could have been really good. Cause I think Andrew Garfield is a pretty decent actor. I think, uh, so is Emma, Emma Stone. I, I enjoy her on film. I like Dennis Leary. There just was too many things of them. You're really hitting the nail on the head when you're saying like trying to check the box and then one up it as opposed to just doing Mm -hmm. it. It feels like sometimes like Sam Raimi to me when he was doing Spider-Man was obviously a fan of Spider-Man. Does that make sense? Like when you, when you look at all Kevin Feige, he does, uh, Feige, he does, he's obviously a fan of all the Marvel movies. You know, he's a huge fanboy that just happens to have lots of sway. So you get those things. Mark Webb just felt like he was trying to one up Sam Raimi. And not, especially now that you pointed out, gosh, Peter, you're genius. Oh, hey, hey, thank you. You know, I, I, I try. You know, like, while, while you're speaking, I am now going immediately to wrestling. You know, in Spider-Man, <laughs> he tries to win $3,000, and that's where we get the amazing Spider-Man, right, instead of right. The, the human spider, yeah, the human which spider. I remember in the movie theater, too, just had a great laugh uh, uh, from the audience. And then the amazing spider, in the middle of a fight, he falls through the ground and ends up in what appears to be like an old abandoned wrestling ring, boxing ring or something. And then he sees like one of those, um, you know, masks like on the wall and that gives him the idea. Right. So I'm just like, well, what a coincidence. Like, oh, <laughs> wrestling, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, right. there's a lot of similarities um, to the movie after watching them so closely together. Yeah. I mean, and on one hand, that's good. You know, like that, that's good. You want, you don't want Spider-Man to, you don't want a Spider-Man comic to, uh, to, 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 to diverge too far away from a comic. You know, it is, it, it, there is source material for it. You know, you don't want Spider-Man to be hit by a meteor. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be sure, hit sure. by a meteor and get his powers that way. Like, you got to keep it there. Yeah. Cause that's Meteor Man. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meteor Man, I forgot about him. That's so good. Yeah, and the Golden Lords. Oh Come man, it's so good. Let's put that up there with Blank Man. Blank Man was almost right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see that pairing. Oh man, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Meteor Man, Blank Man, and what's the third one? What's the other one? What did you say? Me? No, that's what I said. Oh, Gold, Golden Lords. That was the 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 villains of oh, Meteor right, Man. Right, right, you know, right, right. The, yeah, um, the guys with the uh, blonde hair. But the. You don't, that's why I think it was dumb of them to go through as an origin story is that in, instead of trying to one up and copy an origin story that everybody knows, I know I don't like the espionage, uh, subplot to it. I don't like that at all or the secrets or the, that is that he, his dad like was a bill, you know, you find that out in the second, in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, you, you find out like, oh, there was like even more happening with the father. It's like he's got enough problems as is to fight to be Spider-Man. Don't add weird stuff to it. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, because it makes the movie longer for sure. Yeah. To where like have him fight, have him just 
make uh, Dr. Connors be a professor for him that he really looks up to that started to become a father figure to him in his own right. Don't make it that, oh, he knew his father. And like, and also we worked on this secret project together, you know, and all these different things like, nah, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> you don't need to add that. So like, I think they should have just started with him. Honestly, if I would have done it first day of college, make him slightly older, yeah. you know, make him slightly older first day of college. He's been Spider-Man for a while and he meets uh, a, someone with a similar like spirit to him that can understand that he wants his need to be Spider-Man and Kirk Connors. So I don't know. That's what I would have done. Hindsight, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I do like that because like in Spider-Man, he uh, I think it's when he's in college where he's talking to Harry and uh, he drops, you know, the, the Dr. Connors line. I think, didn't he say like Dr. Connors fired him because he was like late or something? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was, see, that was after high school. So you're absolutely right. They could have started in college. Um, right. Let's talk about the uh, the love interest. You know, uh, again, Mark Webb's just checking off the checklist. Uh, I will do somebody different. Let's go with um, Gwen Stacy, and I'm going to make her a strong character by making her extremely smart, uh, you know, to be as comparable as uh, Peter Parker here, uh -huh. you know, whereas Mary Jane, not that she's not smart, but she has it a little bit tougher. We see that she comes from, I guess you can assume that is a broken home, you right. know, constantly parents are shouting, she's being shouted at, and um, she's not very successful after school. She is, you know, they, they try to paint this picture where she's like working at a diner. So she's like a struggling actress. Uh, but Gwen Stacy, she's like, not, was she interning at, uh, Oscorp with Dr. Connors? Was yeah, that what that was? She's some high school student intern. <laughs> it made no, honestly, 17 made, years old. Yeah, 17 yeah. years old. And I understand that you can have smart kids, but like we're talking, government level security clearance and like they're just going to let some 17 year old be the and the, i didn't like that that he wasn't the smart one does that make sense like i like that i do like that gwen stacy was just as smart as him i like that i don't want yeah uh, but like he's just some like dumb schlub is basically what it is does that make sense that he's just some yeah like what, what about when he tried to sneak in he like steals another badge which right. by the way i feel they should be more secure at just like exactly letting, you know, uh, there's got to be like another uh, way to, you know, to allow students and uh, other interns or I don't know. That scene played off. I mean, it was comical. Sure. It was it was more of a cheap laugh. Yes, I, uh, really. I, I was just like. I, but like where you get in original Spider-Man, he is smart enough to be, uh, you know, it makes sense why he's there. He's friends with the, the actual CEO. You know what I mean? Like you have all these different things. And like, he's deserves to be there because that's one of his crowning achievements. It's like, similarly, the, the, my only thing when I didn't like in the dark Knight movies is that Spider-Man, sorry, Batman wasn't, it was Lucius Fox that was smart and was coming up with a lot of the things as opposed mm, to Batman uh -huh. being smart. It's like, why take that away? Like in the original Spider-Man, he is smart. He's creating all these different things. He, you know, like he's smart enough to do all this. And then in this one, other people seem to have created all of the smart things for him. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and the only thing that they give Andrew Garfield is that uh, he he makes his own web slingers as opposed to it being anatomically. You that's know, true. In I I always liked Spider Man. I always liked that it was anatomic. That that it was it was part of his anatomy. People actually didn't it like was cool. that. People didn't like that. They wanted the web slingers, and uh, they're going with web slingers, obviously in Homecoming. 
but uh right i uh i don't know i i always liked that change because it was like it was part of him as opposed to i don't know it gave him another power basically is what it felt like to me and i i did like that but i i knew a lot of people when original spider-man came out they were pissed that he didn't have uh, i mean don't those cartridges run out or something you know i that's that's right. why I uh, agree with you. I like it coming out of his wrist as opposed to cartridges because at, at some point you got to run out of ammo. You and know, that's, uh, uh, otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, that's actually what a lot of people um, – that's what a couple of my friends that I remember because I was still in high school when this came out. And they said him running out of cartridges is actually a main plot point in a lot of the comics that he, he runs out. It's, it's like he has to always be ready. And so – like taking him always having just an unlimited supply of webs takes away a part of a plot point that happened often in the comics. And so it's like, oh, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm, I get that. It does. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about, oh, just, I was going to say different, huge, but not so- I had a huge crush on Kristen Dunst in, in high school now because of this movie, the upside down kiss. Hells to the yeah. Uh-huh, right. Right. I mean, come on, you <laughs> yes. know you recreated that at some point where you just like laid your head back. Come on. You know you did. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, I mean, I've watched recreations of it yeah. in uh, certain sites. Um, <laughs> it, it, it played differently than the movie. <laughs> that's so funny. Drift. Oh, but uh, there wasn't, yeah, there, was, there wasn't a guy in the school that's like, I want to kiss upside down. I want to kiss Kirsten oh, yeah. Dunst upside down. Kirsten. Kirsten Dunst upside down. Yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of kisses, um, so in 2002 Spider-Man, uh, Mary Jane, she figures it out like at the end of the movie that right. he's Spider-Man. I like how in The Amazing Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy figures it out like halfway through the movie. Right. Yeah. Gwen Stacy. I mean, like, what, what is your take on that though? Like the re- reveals uh, of their identity. Like, do, you, does that bother you? Like going through an entire movie and the love interest not knowing? Um, I'm, because even in mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Willem Dafoe figures out kind of early too. Right. Uh, during that or lunch scene. I'm, I'm a big fan of things where people don't have secret identities. I don't like that trope. I think that's what ruins Smallville. Yeah. Smallville was always hide my identity, hide my identity, hide my identity. And I understand you need to have some anonymity, but like, that's one of the freeing things I think about, like with Iron Man, Captain America, all these different things. Like people just know who they are. There is no, you know, they're yeah. just, there's one person. There's no, so you're not dealing with, Oh, I have to keep my identity secret. I find that to be incredibly boring. I find that to be, uh, just it, it it's a useless plot point to me. When it, when it's all about hiding identity. So the sooner people figure out who someone is, the better, because that's boring conflict. You're going to a superhero movie to see these huge conflicts or something important. I don't want to watch it to where they're just constantly trying to hide their identity from people, you know, so is it quicker, the better for me. That's actually one of the things I like the most about the MCU is the majority of people just are just their character. You know, they're just Tony Stark's Iron Man. Everyone knows he's Iron Man. Right. Everyone knows Steve Rogers is Captain America. No one cares. It's like, yeah, they're just, those are who they are. So I would, the faster people know who Spider-Man is, the better. Cause then it makes the movie go a lot faster. It, it does. But then, uh, you know, for just about every superhero, the reason they hide themselves is to protect the ones that they love, which in both movies explore that take on it as well. Right. Um, in Amazing Spider-Man, Gwen, um, not Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy, asks that 
well, he he actually asked that he doesn't um, Peter Parker not date Gwen because he doesn't want his daughter being endangered. You know, for mm-hmm. somebody kind of making that connection. Right. Um, the very same thing happens in Spider-Man 2002 when Defoe figures out Peter Parker is Spider-Man and then comes to kind of hurt Aunt May. You right. know, so we get that explosion scene and, uh-huh. and that kind of brings Peter in. So Spider-Man makes it does sense. Cause that a he, conflict. Yeah, Spider- yeah, it does. So Sp- Spider-Man is actually one of the only ones that it makes sense for him to keep it secret because he isn't some uh, rich, uh, highly trained, you know, operative, you know, of, of those types. He's just a kid. So it makes more sense yeah. that's what a kid would do because he's actually hiding it from Aunt May. So Aunt May doesn't tell him he can't be Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those, those different types right. of things where you, you, you do want to make. So Spider-Man makes sense because he is, he has people that he deeply, deeply cares about. Um, so that conflict, but to me, it's just always, I don't want that to be the main focus of things. So like, constantly trying to hide your identity just gets boring um that's that's something that they did right in daredevil like they only spent in the daredevil netflix series they only spent like one or two episodes with him trying to really hide his identity the rest of it is just he just does his thing you know and and in the process keeps his identity secret does that make sense like don't make that the focus don't make that the focus of your of your plot like so many times that's like the main focus Right, exactly, and that can just kind of drag on. Uh, I I want to kind of like um, just mention something real quick about the Aunt May. Uh, I felt like during Mark Webb making his checklist, there's one that he missed for Amazing Spider-Man and then Mm. included it in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 2002 both have a scene where he tells Aunt May, oh, I'm I'm naked. In a sense, he's just like, I'm naked, don't come into my room. (laughs) You know, so... So that happened in the 2002 version. I'm like, wait a minute, that I remember that. And then it was actually in 2002 because he, or I'm sorry, Amazing Spider-Man 2 because he had already been Spider-Man for some time. And it was like one of those moments. Ant-Man was trying to get into the room, and he's like, you know, I'm naked under the sheets or something. <laughs> I mean, that's a good. So too many similarities. Yeah, it is. Fun. It takes yeah. you out, you know, if you remember things like that. Yeah, I mean, I just it, it felt like a misstep. That's what Amazing Spider-Man did. Is like they they could have done something, and they were setting up, trying to set up a ton. It's that cart before the horse kind of mentality. Like, oh, let's do, let's do this, but we're already planning on doing Sinister Six and setting up Amazing Spider-Man Ten. You know, like they look so far ahead mm. that they don't focus on what they have in front of them. That's what Fox had a problem with. That's what Sony's had a problem with, and um, with. DC, the DCU, like finally with Wonder Woman, they got something right. So they can start to like use that as a grounding force to it. But the, yeah, that's what I felt like with this is they, they were rushing through this one. They're like, Oh, we got to get the origin story out. But like the real, the real stories is Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's what you really need to, to, but then, so then that was Amazing Spider-Man 2 was even worse. But they, um, so this just felt rushed. Like they just didn't, I, I, this one, I did not, it's always hard when you have a character that has an accent and they're doing an American accent and it's not a believable American Mm -hmm. accent. Does that mean, so you just, you hear Charlie Hunnam in, in, uh, in, uh, Sons of Anarchy would do that often where it just would slip through so often that it was just took you, it totally takes me out of the character. So I don't know. 
what else is there? Um, there was one comparison I was about to make, um, you know, with like Harry Osborne and Gwen Stacy, uh, both, you know, there, there's tension with both characters and Peter Parker in both movies. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned earlier how Norman Osborn is, you know, w- wanting to be a father to him is because right. he feels like Harry is just a failure. He is not uh, anything like Norman. You know, he's not as bright and um, go- Captain Stacy, he's just he's Gwen's dad, you know, and they have that dynamic where it's like, well, Captain Stacy is like the head of the police and they are not about this Spider-Man vigilante, you know? And so I do like that dinner scene where they're kind of going at it and Dennis Leary is just like, dude, what's your deal? Like, why are you standing up for this guy? He's like, well, you know, maybe the police had done something. So I, I do enjoy that, mm-hmm. you know, because we, With the uh, brain we Zeno. really qu- hope you like the brain. Yeah. Zeno. The brain Zeno. Hit, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. Like stop hitting us over the head with that joke. But, um, <laughs> You know, the Harry Osborne dynamic, I do like it, but it, it comes a little late for me, you know, where, oh, I see. but the, yeah, you, you know, um, cause he figures that, well, he blames, again, like the blame is always on Peter. Uh, Harry right. blames Spider-Man for the death of, uh, his, his father. So, you know, that leads us into what will become Spider-Man 2. But, um, I don't know. I kind of like the Dennis Leary character, um, in the Amazing Spider-Man better than, Harry Osborn in the first movie here. I, you know, it makes more sense for there to be an antagonistic relationship because obviously as a, as a dad of daughter, as a dad of daughters, like I don't want, I would not want my daughter (laughs) taken out with a guy that I knew was possibly going to get her killed, you know? So that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I I know, you know, so, um, yeah. And it's funny too, because Dennis Leary, we, he's playing such a dad. In this one, and we just know what a what a foul mouth like, just dude he is. So it is funny to see him being just a straight laced dad, which is really funny. So, uh, but yeah, though the Dennis Leary character actually was a, a very good choice, and it made more sense because you're getting you're getting a you're getting like all these different father figures. You're getting Uncle Ben, you're getting Doctor Connors, you're getting Captain Stacy, you're getting all of these differing outlooks on fatherhood too. So that was pretty good. I, I think that character was, 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 was a bright spot for the movie, <clears throat> excuse me, for the movie. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I could, there's so many things that were wrong with amazing Spider-Man and a lot of it was, I just feel like it, it just is rushed. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. It just like, you didn't, the original Spider-Man took its time, was a fan, and it's and honestly, with the main Spider-Man, great actors in the whole thing. There's not a bad actor in the whole group, you know. Like everybody does a really good job in Amazing Spider-Man. There's just something, just with something missing. I don't know what it is, but like I, it, they're just little beats. And I think you putting it on that he just tried to tick boxes, but make it slightly better. Oh, I'm going to make this more exciting. Like that's, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. He didn't take very many risks. It was again, the, the, the checklist route, it, it just, it, it, I think that causes somebody to kind of rush through a movie just like, well, we needed, we got to add this part now, you know, and we got to make it a little bit better than the 2002. Uh, that's a problem. You got to take the liberties and kind of make it your own. Right. So, uh, one of the uh, things that did stand out to me, 
was the music. Uh-huh. Uh, at one point, I was really enjoying the Amazing Spider-Man score, and I was like, it sounds oddly similar to one of the songs in Titanic, and I had to look it up. <laughs> was it? And it is. It's James oh. Horner. Yeah. Oh that yeah, is James, Horner. James Horner scored The Amazing Spider-Man. I like James Horner. I've always been a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, movie scores. Uh, and I remember, yeah, the, the scores for both of these movies actually are really good. They did a good, they, they, there was a, um, so, but yeah, James Horner does a great job. There was, but I remember owning the Spider-Man soundtrack when I was in okay. high school. I bought this, the CD. <laughs> I must have listened to it a thousand times. What a dork. Jeez Louise, Chris. Come on, man. That, that had Hero on it, didn't yeah, it? Exactly. Was it had that Hero? Was that with this one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my, my son, who is now, the same age as Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man, 17. Uh, he was a big fan of the song Hero. You know, he was like two years old, but he learned the words and we used to karaoke it at home. So, uh, big fan of that song. I, I know people think it's like really too poppy and all that, but hey, it's no. a good time. Oh, back in the day though, that song was amazing. Like that was, that yeah, song was. was, that was an incredible song. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was like the song of the summer. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, you got any uh, other last thoughts or is there anything else that, uh, well, uh, Danny Elfman did the, Danny Elfman did the the original Spider-Man soundtrack. So Danny Elfman is always great. So you can't go wrong with Danny Elfman. No, you, you get, so you're getting two. They did that right. Cause James Horner, he did Braveheart as well. And yeah, so he, they, they, they both have high pedigree. So that was smart. And that's something that, um, the MCU doesn't do super well. They don't bring in great. Um, uh, they don't bring in great composers. So, and, but these movies mm. did. These other ones, they pay attention to it. Um, I haven't seen Homecoming yet. I did like Tom Holland in uh, Civil War. I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. The qu- he had a nice quip to it. They made him a lot stronger um, than the other two. So, uh, in terms of uh, pure just strength wise, so. It's going to be interesting to see Homecoming. I've heard good things. I, I've I, I've heard Me it's too. not. I have heard it's not like the greatest, but uh, I'm not a I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. Uh, I, uh, he's he's fun. I do enjoy the movies. I did like seeing him, but there's those people that are just absolutely like Spider-Man is their number one superhero, and I just uh, right. No, no no disrespect to them at all because you're allowed to have your favorites. And I understand why he's your favorite. But uh, so to me, when I go and watch it, he's not going to be this beloved character. So I think I'll probably actually enjoy it more than other people <laughs> because just, it's not, that's a good point. Whatever they do with it, I'm going to be happy with it. Um, if they do it well, right? it's not going to be like, Oh, and I, I was a, I read all the Spider-Man comics books growing up too. So like I was a fan, he just wasn't my favorite. So uh, I think I'll enjoy it. I might actually go see it today. That actually would be fun. Oh, yeah, it's like, let's go catch yeah, a mat- yeah. Go catch a matinee. Yeah, I, I've also heard good things. Um, I I don't have any kind of reference as to like how strong he is, but uh-huh. uh, to, to kind of compare it in these two movies, I feel Andrew Garfield's Spider Man was much stronger, uh, just because you know he's he broke like the porcelain sink and he slammed the door, the glass shattered. 
uh, you get the really you get the sense that he's a lot more strong physically than Tobey Maguire's, which um, I think you kind of only see it. Uh, you know, I'd actually I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because just because okay. uh, what it's the scene that well that's in two uh, the first when he's holding up the cable car. Like he's holding up, he, that that's mm. incredibly strong. Now it's not Superman strong, obviously, or Hulk strong, but like just that's not uh, that's stronger than Iron. That's not that's stronger than um, Captain America. You know what I mean? Like he and so right, yeah. This one, the Tom Holland Spider Man, seems even stronger. So we'll mm. and which I've talked to people that are big fans. And it's like yeah, in terms of strength, Spider Man's pretty high up there. So I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. I'll be, I, I'm looking forward to it. I actually do really want to see it. I like Marissa Tomei. I'm not, I'm not as mad about about Iron Man being it as much as possible. Like a lot of people are like, oh, is this just an Iron Man movie? That's not a thing that I'm. That's not really. They they got to tie it into the MCU somehow, and Iron Man's the flagship, so you gotta, you gotta tie him in somehow. So we'll see. And I think, yeah, that, and the Iron Man. Spider-Man dynamic goes back to the original Civil War comics where Iron Man and I mean uh, Tony Stark and Peter Parker were very close in the Civil War comics. Right. So their dynamic makes sense to me. So, I don't know. I also like to like things. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. I like like liking things. spend hating things all the time. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, Chris, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, uh, it, it would be kind of interesting when Homecoming does, uh, come out. And I wonder if maybe we'd be doing like another episode comparing like Homecoming to something else. So that, that would be kind of, kind of interesting to see in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one more time, uh, plug your show where listeners can find you and, uh, your next episode maybe or something recent for them to check out. Yeah. So we, we come out every Wednesday, more good than we're on iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, SoundCloud. You can uh, listen to us from our website too, which is which is mgtpodcast.com. We're on Twitter. That's where we're most active, and that's uh, at mgtpodcast. Uh, we're on Facebook too, and Instagram too, but mostly we're on Twitter. Uh, the most recent, so this will come out. Our next episode actually is going to be featuring Justin from So I Married a Movie Geek. We had our first in studio guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we he he, he lives in L.A. I live in uh, Bakersfield, which is a, <laughs> you hear me talk about that often on my show, but so he drove up and mm. he was in the bunker. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. So that should, by the time this comes out, I'm sure uh, that episode will be up too. So, uh, but that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, definitely check it out. It's a fun show. I love it. And great production. Uh, some singing every now and again. <laughs> we do sing. Uh, for, yeah. Uh, original remake. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram, both at Original Remake. Uh, for me, you can find me at Podstalgic, both Instagram and Twitter. You can find my co-host, Michael Denniston, at War Machine Horse on his uh, podcast account. And also, you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, followingfilms.com website, um, with other great shows like Pop Culture, Case Study, True Bromance Film Podcast, and, and all the other guys there. Uh, so hopefully Michael can return, uh, next time. Obviously we've been really trying to get back together, um, being on different sides of the country makes it a little bit more difficult and also hosting our own shows, um, as well. So 
So hopefully he'll return next time. But uh, thank you all for listening. If you haven't done so yet, please leave uh, an iTunes review. That really help out the visibility of our show. Um, and also, if you've got a couple minutes, check out More Gooder Than and leave them a review as well. So uh, until the next time, we will talk to you guys later. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out. Here comes the Spider-Man.